0: What to do next? So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. It's season two, episode two, two, two. And I am just really feeling renewed. Um, I think when I made the announcement that season one was going to be like mostly focused on getting out of the valley. And I'm going to reference those episodes a lot, but season two, I really want this to be a year of growth for people. And last year I made it the year that I grew the most spiritually and Michael Todd actually challenged. I say challenged me, but he didn't really challenge me. (laughs) He just challenged everyone listening to the sermon that he was recording and said, if you want 2022 to be the best year you've ever had. Make it the most you've ever grown spiritually. And I decided in 2022 that I was going to do that. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that 2022 was the year that I've grown the most I've ever grown in my entire life. And it's because I grew the most spiritually. I spent more time with God. I listened to him more than listening to the world or the enemy or, you know, myself And it was amazing. And that's what I want for all of you. I want you to get out of the valley, stay out of the valley and grow and finally walk into your purpose and start doing the things, you know, God has laid on your heart. You've always wanted to do or gain the clarity of what that looks like, because that's really the hardest part is getting the clear, the clear vision of this is what I want to do this. I'm going to do this. And and so it's hard when you're just you know caught up in the busyness and the craziness of life. And we all have a lot going on, whether we have kids or no kids or husband or no husband or a full-time job or a part-time job or you are a stay-at-home mom. Like we are all so busy, and life just takes us over. And I really want season two this year in twenty twenty three to be, the season that pushes you into momentum and into action where you go from talking about it to doing it. And we need that to happen because this world needs you healthy and this world needs you well and this world needs your talents and your gifting and your passions. We need all of that from you. And if you don't feel like you have anything to give, Well, you're just another person sitting there silent when the rest of us are struggling. There are things about your life, things that you have overcome, ways that you think, advice that you have that really would be so life-changing and life-giving to other people if you just opened your mouth and did the thing that you were called to do. And so today we're going to be talking about strategy because strategy is really the thing that A lot of us are missing. You know, we have a mission, we have a vision, but we don't have a strategy. And your mission is who you're reaching and your vision is where you're wanting to go. And then your strategy is how you're going to get there, how you're going to do it. And if you don't have a mission or a vision, you have no idea who you want to reach. You have no idea where you want to go with it but you know that you're made for more, you just have that feeling deep in you somewhere where you're like, I know that God wants something more for me, I know there has to be something bigger than this, then you are a perfect candidate for my course, Find Your Purpose, which is $111. It is never going to be more than that. And it's never going to be less than that. It's always $111. You get five videos. You can watch at your own pace. You get your own login. You can rewatch, rewatch, rewatch. Each video has attachments and printouts and journal prompts, and you're going to go through this and you're going to find your purpose. We're going to talk about your story and who your heart just aches for and what you could talk about forever and what you're just on passion and on fire for. And the course will really, really, really help you figure this out. I can't stress that enough. The course was created because I was talking to so many people and they're like, okay, Taryn, this is all great, but like, what do I even do? Like, what, who do I even want to talk to? What do I even want to show up and do? A lot of us have a lot of things we could talk about. We have lots of experience, lots of passions, lots of life lessons. We had to learn the hard way, which now we can come in and help. But some of us don't really feel like we have anything. Like, I don't really know what to talk about. I don't really know what I'm good at or what I like to do. And that's why you need to figure out your purpose. And the videos aren't you getting your purpose from me. You're hearing from me how I found my purpose with God and how I teach others to find their purpose with God. I can't tell you what your purpose is. I didn't create you. It has to come from God. So I will tell you the questions to ask God, the prayers to to pray to God, the ways that you should be spending your time, the things you should be doing, you shouldn't be doing. So if you're like, I don't know my vision, I don't know my my passion, I don't know any of that, you want my course, it's mentoringthemasses.com. You can find the link on my Instagram as well. I'm clicking the link in my bio and my course will be on there. If you already know your purpose and you're like, this is my person, this is kind of how I want to do it, then you need to start thinking about your strategy, how you're going to achieve this, how you're going to reach your person and how you're going to achieve the goal with what you want to do. If you don't have a strategy, what's going to happen is you're just going to be running in circles. You're going to be running and you're going to be tired and you're going to feel like you're doing so much stuff, but you're just really going to be going in circles. And I am guilty of this. I'm, I'm speaking on this topic from a place of tension at one point in my life. And last year, I feel like this is where I was. I knew who I wanted to reach. I knew how I wanted to do it, but I didn't spend a whole lot of time with really understanding and putting together a solid strategy and then staying focused on it. I knew the things I needed to accomplish, but I didn't have this big list of, hey, these are the 10 things I need to do in order, in order to get this to happen. I was just kind of like doing things as they came to me and as I felt inspired because I really, after I quit working, I just wanted to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. I was like, I am a free bird. I am going to just follow the flow. And however I feel, I'm going to do it. And that was kind of my motto last year. And I'm going to tell you how that really burned me and how going by our feelings is like the worst thing for you. And you absolutely don't want to do that. But you have to partner with God for your strategy. And you've probably heard before that, Um, you know, God is in charge of doing the super and you have to be in charge of doing the natural, you have to be doing the natural things like the serving and the working and showing up and over break. I was reading the book of Genesis and I got real involved in it and was reading the story about Abraham having to sacrifice Isaac and going through and my, I was seeing things from a very different perspective. And I'm going to talk about that story later on in the podcast, this episode, but I started, it really inspired me to start looking at scriptures for hard work. Like what is, I'm, I was wondering like, what does the Bible say about working hard? Because I feel like I'm busy And I don't, I I like to, I like to get the word out there and I'm inspired and I'm finally in a business where I'm filled with passion and I like it. I don't have a boss. And as you build a brand online or you build this thing that you're doing, you're writing a book, a podcast, a blog, you're launching a business, whatever it is you're doing, you probably don't have a boss doing it. And if you've always had a boss, it's weird because now you don't have anyone That you're accountable to. And nobody really knows if you don't show up and do the thing that you said that you were going to do. And I kind of got in this phase last year of just being lazy. Like I have no better way to say it, but I took way too many naps last year, which are fine. Okay. Naps are good. I don't want you to think naps are bad. And I still take naps, but there's a good way to take naps and there's a bad way to take naps. And I would, Take naps out of avoidance of things. Thank you. For I knew listening I had a lot of things to do, and I would I really let God my mind day just go crazy with the he thought of like fear and worry and stress. That and is how am I going to do this? And then I would shut down and take a nap. It would be, be a total way of avoiding things. Or you I would say, you know what, I'm just going to cancel the call and I just need to lay in my bed today. And I would make up excuses like, I'm going to just lay in my bed and talk to God. And then I would find myself watching it five episodes like of the Handmade you tale you, <laughs> you know it's like okay no like i'm not us. supposed to be doing this so much In i really just wanted name. to see Amen. what does god say about day. working Thinks hard because here. part of me is oh, like and don't forget know, to follow me on instagram happy, at and terrence take care of my family and, doing and you can learn how to get out of the valley how to stay out of the valley but i know that i need to work what to do to have the best and i think because i worked so hard And I swung to the extreme and I was a workaholic and just sacrificed everything and worked and worked and worked and worked. That when I swung back to the other end, I was terrified to go back to that place. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, if it feels bad, if I'm missing out on anything, I'm not doing it. And I just had this limiting belief. And I was actually, I was scared that I would really get back into working and it would just draw me in again. And I would find myself just obsessed because I I am truly a workaholic. I love to work. I could just, if I didn't, I always say, if I didn't have kids, I swear I would be in this office, like from the moment my eyes were opened until I was passing out on my computer. Like I would work all day. Like I just get in the groove and I love it. And I swung the other way and I was scared to get back into that. And so I started looking at some scriptures and here's what I found. Okay, so the first one that I found was Colossians 3.23, and it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So I looked up the word heartily, and heartily means sincerity, goodwill, and enthusiasm. So whatever you do, work enthusiastically as for the Lord and not for men. So it's not just working hard, but it's working and, and having goodwill about it. Not like, oh, I guess I'll write my book. I guess I'll show up for the podcast, but you're doing it with enthusiasm. Proverbs 13, four says the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. the The phrase richly supplied is shown 28 times in the Bible. And I was thinking, what does richly supplied mean? And when I looked at that, I found a scripture in Genesis where it was talking about the story of Abraham and on here, it's Genesis twenty two seventeen, 17. And the scripture says, uh, here's just one, here's just one of the versions. This one actually doesn't have the phrase richly supplied in there um, in this version that I wrote, but it says something like this. I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven. And as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies and be richly supplied. Okay. That's amazing. And I've heard people quote that before, like, you know, we're going to have offspring as many as the sand is on the shore. And I will bless you. I will multiply you. I will do all these things. And I realized that an angel said this to Abraham. And I'm like, wow, I wish an angel said this to me. Like, I wish that this was really said to me, like, Taryn, you are going to be richly supplied. Your offspring is going to be as many as the stars. You're going to do damage to darkness. Your generations and generations to come will be an uproar against this world and change the whole trajectory of everything. And I would love that. But the only reason why an angel said that to Abraham is because he passed the test to sacrifice his son. So he wasn't just woken up and said, hey, you're going to be richly supplied. Everything's great. He said, because you did this, because you showed the Lord your obedience and your trust, you are going to have many nations come from you. You pass the test because Abraham did an action out of obedience he then was blessed. And so he started going through the Bible and I'm not going to get into this on this podcast because we could talk for like 10 hours. I'm not even kidding about this. But he started looking at other characters in the Bible that were blessed because of something they did. And almost every single one of them, it started with an action. It started with a word. It started with obedience. And if you have a vision That God has given you, or maybe you have dreams. The difference is dreams happen while you're sleeping. Visions happen while you're awake. I don't have dreams of what's to come, but I have visions where I just see myself on a stage talking to 10,000 people. I don't know where I am, what I'm talking about, and I can feel how I'm going to feel when I'm on that stage. I also have a vision of the building I'm going to be working in at some point. And I, it's an industrial building and it's white and there's big windows with black trim and it's all exposed brick. And we're on like the second floor in a city somewhere, low desks, a bunch of people are working together. I don't know what we're doing, but we're working on something and I can feel how I'm going to feel when I'm there. I know that I'm in charge of it. I don't know what that looks like, but I know that we're creating something And whatever we're doing is exciting because I'm excited to eventually be in that place and look around and think this was the vision. And I can see these things happening. I don't know how they're going to happen. And I I see them when I'm awake and you might see these things too, where you're like, I don't know, but I I know that I'm going to move. I know I'm going to be in a different place. I see myself at a different job and You have the vision, but it's never going to come true if you don't start doing the work that's going to take to get to where you need to be. The strategy is so important because if you just keep saying, oh, it's going to come, it's going to come, it's going to come. Well, it's not going to. Same with Abraham. You know, if, if he didn't do the actions of what he was supposed to, and if you haven't read the story of Abraham, you need to read Genesis 22 and you will read what happens and if you're not a uh, if you're not familiar with the bible and you're not familiar with this story you're going to see a whole different side of the bible when you read genesis 22 because there are some things in the bible where i'm like is this for real <laughs> like is god is this for real right now like is this really in the bible did god really say this like the amount of murder and Oh, like sex that's in the Bible too. It's like, oh, like I remember reading one time to my daughter and I was like, and we're just going to skip this part. (laughs) I was like, okay, what? Like, this is in the Bible. Are you kidding? Like, it is crazy. Some of this stuff that you read, it is not this boring story. There are so many stories that are just mind blowing. And because Abraham's obedience He was given this huge blessing and then it came true. His descendants and generation after generation after generation, the Bible goes through and says like, because of Abraham, and then you had, you know, Isaac and you had Jacob and you had Noah and you had all of these people. It's like just incredible when you see what happens through obedience, but you are called to not be a sluggard, and to be diligent so that you're richly supplied. And I wanted to break down those words that were given in Proverbs thirteen four. The word sluggard means lazy, unwilling, or unprepared. And that was the biggest one that hit me. Because when I read this at first, the soul of a sluggard craves and gets nothing. I'm like, oh, well, that's not me. Like, that's not me. I I mean, I'm so busy. Like I am so busy all the time. Well, I'm also unprepared. And that's the soul of a sluggard is someone who's unprepared. You crave, you want to change the world. You want to create a brand. You want to do something bigger. That's more about others and not about you, but you're unprepared. So really you're a sluggard. And sometimes that's really hard to swallow, but it's good when you start learning. To me, I'm the type of person that I won't do something because someone tells me to do it. I will do it because you tell me why I'm going to do it. And if I don't know the why, then honestly, I'm not really interested. I do not care. If I don't know why I'm showing up, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I I can't just... And I think it's an authority thing. I think it's like a control thing too, but it's also to me, I'm just very motivated by finding out why. So for me, looking into the Bible and finding out why, like, why should I work hard? What does God want me to do? Because a lot of times we spend so much time in prayer, just, you know, sitting here thinking, God, what should I do? How should I build this business? What should I do today? Lead me, guide me. And we forget that there are a ton of instructions from God that are written down in a Bible that most of us have inside of our house. But instead of opening it or studying the Bible and figuring out what does God say about hard work in the Bible, we spend a lot of time just like, you know, watching sermons and praying and and wishing and hoping when it's right in front of us. God doesn't have to be as mysterious as we make him be all the time. There's actually a lot of stuff in the Bible that tells you exactly how God is, what he wants you to do, how he wants to do it. The book is a manual for how to live your life. So, for me, in order to be motivated to work hard or to get rid of this limiting belief that I shouldn't be working hard or I should or how hard should I be working, this is where this came from because I'm like, okay, tell me why. And when I started reading these scriptures, I have been motivated since this day that I read these and I haven't had a single day where I felt like a sluggard since knowing what the scriptures say about hard work and applying all of this to my life. I have gotten more accomplished in the 23 days of this year so far in my book than I have all of 2022, like to do more in 23 days than 365 days. And I don't even feel like I've really done a whole lot is incredible. I have done more for my branding in 23 days and for where I'm going to go and my strategy of what's moving forward than I did all of last year. Because now I know what God says and now I'm showing up and I'm going to say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. I'm no longer going to be a sluggard. I am going to have the soul of the diligent so that I'm richly supplied. The soul of the diligent, the word diligent means the ability or wishing to do one's work or duty well. So when I looked at that, I was like, okay, the ability or the wishing, Like you don't even have to have, if you don't have the ability, then you need to have the wishing. And I'm like, that's weird like ability or wishing it's to me, those are not the same word. Like you either have the ability to sing or you wish you could sing. It's not like the same thing. Okay. And so for me, I'm like, what does the word wishing mean? The word wishing is defined as this a strong desire for hope when odds are low and not in your favor so aka prayer okay right we pray for things when we need hope and the odds are not in our favor and in fact most people don't ever pray until they have something traumatic and horrible happen where the odds aren't in their favor and their only thing left to do is pray and you might have met god when you were at rock bottom or you might have been you know always knowing him but a lot of people meet him when their child gets sick or they get diagnosed with something or they lose a loved one where there's nothing else you can do but pray. And so looking at this, the scripture again, Proverbs thirteen four. So the soul of the sluggard. So we know that this means like the lazy, unwilling, or unprepared person craves a lot and gets nothing. Well, the soul of the diligent. So the soul of a person who has the ability, or if you're like me and you don't have the ability, you are praying, you will be richly supplied. So I feel like step one is praying for this to happen. And step two is receiving the ability. God says, ask and you shall receive. He says, you have not because you ask not. And there are a ton of other scriptures in the Bible that talk about prayer and petition and coming to God with your needs and telling him what, what you need help with. And so if you are someone who isn't working as strategic as you know, you need to, then I want you to take this to prayer because if you pray, and this is what the scripture says, if you pray, if you become the soul of the diligent, just by praying then you will be richly supplied. You will no longer be a sluggard. So prayer again is so powerful and important because it will help you have the ability. A lot of times we think that we just have to keep working and eventually we'll have the ability, but I've learned over the last two years that the only way that you're going to have the ability is if you pray that God gives it to you. That's really the only way that you're going to be able to have it. And it is the biggest superpower that we have in our pocket that we are totally ignoring. And in season one, I have a couple podcasts on praying. We have like praying part one, praying part two. If you're someone who's like, I just really don't know how to pray. I have never been taught. I didn't grow up praying. Then you can go listen to their episode 80 and episode 85 and then I also have my prayer list that I read that you can download for free by going to my Instagram at Terrence Sarconi, clicking on the link and going to my free download section and downloading my prayers. You just type in your email address and then it immediately automate, like it's all automated. So right away, you'll get an email with all of my prayers that you can download and print off because I know it's hard to start. I I know it was hard for me. Like, what do I even pray for? What do I need help with? Caitlin says, praying like this truly works, y'all. This is something that I do every day before I walk into work. Lord, give me the knowledge and understanding to do the job you have put before me. And I bet that you feel like he answers that prayer, right? Yeah. Like, I'm sure. Yeah
1: so every day before I walk into work I pray one that we'll have a good night because I work night shift and so like just let us have a good night (laughs) (laughs) but not just over myself but whether I know who I'm working with or not that's one thing I do as I'm walking to the hospital and mine is worded a little bit differently that's more of just as an overall but I am my go-to is Lord, let us have a good night. Be with all, all of us as we come into work. got our hands. got our actions. Lord, give us the knowledge and understanding to take care of the patient she put before us. And since I have started praying for that, I have rarely gotten into a situation where I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And when I do, like, I stop and I'm like, okay, what's next? Like, Lord got us. And, you know, and I've never since starting that I've never had an issue where I just felt absolutely overwhelmed or like, I didn't know what the next step was and taking care of the patients that he puts before
0: me. Yeah. And once you realize that you can pray and then have that type of night, you make sure that you don't go into work, just like you don't go into work without the things you need for your job. That is one of them. You're like, I am not like, I realized that about my podcast when I would pray really intently in the morning before my podcast, just for the Holy spirit to speak through me and to guide me and to open the ears and to let this reach anyone who needs to hear it. When I did that, the podcast episode, the analytics would like go through the roof. I am not kidding. Like all of a sudden it'd be like the first day I downloaded it, like 180 views. And before it was like 30 I was like, oh my gosh, like this is actually working. And you just, you feel equipped those episodes that I would record before I would pray. I felt like they were good. Like, yeah, it was good. I helped people out. But when I started praying really intently, I felt like, whoa, this is not me. The stuff I would say and ideas I would have were not things I planned and like really try it. And that's, That's really my challenge to anyone who hasn't experienced God in this way. You need to start experiencing him to start believing in what he says. Once you experience it, you're like, oh, there is no denying this. You could not tell me or show me enough proof that God is not real because I have felt it. I I've heard him like I and I know. So another scripture is 2 Thessalonians 2, 10. And it says, For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. And you can see here the difference between being busy at work and being a busy body. And then we see this story modeled in the scripture with the story of Mary and Martha, Mary, not his, not Jesus's mother, but Mary, his friend. And we see with Mary and Martha, Mary was very focused on Jesus and he would come over and she would just sit at his feet and she would just listen to him. And Martha would be cooking and cleaning and all stressed out. And she'd be like, Jesus, can you please tell Mary to help me cook this dinner? And he would say, Martha, 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 Martha. Mary is doing what is right and what is good. She is spending time with me and learning from me. And I recently learned in my mom's group, in my church, the co-director, Lisa, who runs it with me, she made this post in our group that was so good. And she talked about how moms specifically, and I, I was, as I was reading it, I was like, this is everybody, this isn't even moms. But she was saying how moms specifically when their kids go down for a nap. So if you don't have kids, it's like when you get that point in your schedule where you're like, okay, I don't, I don't have anything to do right now. I have a break. Like maybe you have two hours before you need to get ready for work or, you know, you're in the middle of the day or a weekend or whatever. But if you have kids, your kids go down for a nap. And then what do you find yourself doing? You're like, okay, I got to catch up on this laundry. I have to do these dishes. I have to, you know, make my grocery list. I have to clean up the kitchen. I have to feed the dogs. I have to call the vet. You know, you have like your list of things that you need to be doing, but she said how important it is instead of spending your nap time that your kids are napping, that you have a two hour window to do what you want, spend that time with God sit in your messy living room and open your Bible. And this might be harder for you than it is for others. Some people don't really mind the mess and the chaos in their house. I think it's based on how you were raised and just how you are as a person. You know, some people are like crazy OCD and everything needs to be perfectly clean and they can't do anything and others don't really care. But if you're someone who is that like neat freak and you can't sit down and do anything until everything is put away, you need to make that your prayer, that God helps you to get over that. And you start doing the things that are actually important, like spending time with God, asking for strategy, journaling, things in that nature. Don't just be a busy body. Don't just say you're so busy. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy all the time. And there's a book called... Breaking Busy that I recently listened to. It's by Allie Worthington. amazing. I actually have two more books that I'm gonna talk about too. Amazing. This book spoke to my soul. I was like, no way did someone write a book like this for me. It was incredible and it's so good. I listened to it on Audible. I listened to most of my books on Audible because I'm able to get through them really quick. I can listen to about two books a week on audible. If I'm really intentional of my time in listening. And if I had to read a book, I mean, that would take me months. Uh, like, honestly, I like to read. I do have books that I read physically with my daughter at night. Um, I read in my head. She reads in her head. We sit in bed together for 10 minutes every night and read. I do have books like that, but when I want to like get through a book and really just listen to it, I get them on audible. So if you're like, I don't read Taryn, I hate reading. I always fall asleep. Try getting one on audible. And I also heard recently that most books you can go on YouTube and type them in and you'll find someone who has posted a YouTube video of them reading the book. So you can actually get it for free through YouTube too. So check that out if you want to, before you go to audible, but okay, let's move on in some other scriptures here. So Proverbs 16, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. It doesn't say commit your work to the Lord and he might establish your plans. It says, and your plans will be established. Commit your work to the Lord. Um, Galatians 6, 6, 9 it is. And let us not grow weary of doing good, For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So, if you're at a point where you're like, I am just getting so tired trying to do this, when will I make money? When will my brand be done? When will I ever figure out what I want to be when I grow up? When will this take off? Depending on where you are listening to this, you could be at many different stages and all of them. It's really hard to maintain your patience because you're like, come on. I just want this to happen. I just want this to work. I just want to move through. I promise you are moving forward, but you need to just remember to not grow weary of doing good and know that in due season, we will reap the harvest. If we do not give up in due season, God knows the right season. He knows what needs to happen. All last year, I beat myself up because I wasn't writing my book like I thought I should. And I needed to get it written. And I was supposed to launch it in the winter or actually in the fall. I was supposed to launch it on my birthday, September 10th. Then I was going to launch it right before Christmas. Then I was going to launch it at the beginning of the new year. Then I was like, I'll do it in the spring. And I just kept changing and changing. And I was so mad at myself. Like, why won't I just write the flipping book? Like sit down and write the book. But now I can see that if I would have written it last year, it wouldn't be nearly as good as it is now because the things that I learned last year and my knowledge I gained on the Bible and my knowledge and my experience I gained with God, the book before was gonna be pretty good. And now the book is incredible. I reread the chapters and sometimes I cry. Sometimes I'm covered in goosebumps. And I'm like, this is incredible. And I can say that because I don't feel like I'm writing the book because every single time I sit down, I say, Lord, this is your book. This is not my book. You are speaking through me and you're talking to your people, to your daughters, tell them what they need to hear, hijack my plans and have the Holy spirit work through my fingers typing. And this is all for you, Lord. These, this is your word. I cannot write a best-selling book. I cannot write a book. That really gets in the hands of millions of people to be able to fill their soul, but you can. So use me and we're going to do this. And I'm telling you, if you just realize that the timing is God's perfect timing. If you're like, I thought I would be at a different place right now. I thought I would have more money right now. I thought I'd have this figured out differently by now. I thought I would have some customers by now or some success by now. It's okay in due season you will reap your harvest if you get into action. So Proverbs 13:11 says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. So that's really comforting to think of that you know in the world that we're in today it's all like get rich quick. You know, my son my sons are now both homeschooled and one of their jobs that we're having them do And one of their homework assignments is we're having them start a business. My one son wants us to purchase a PC for him so that he can make money. And I said, um, and I don't, we don't really buy our kids a lot of stuff. We make them earn it, work for it. Uh, We give them all the things that they need, but anything extra, like my son needed underwear because we leave on Saturday for vacation. And he's like, I need more underwear. And he sends me this link on Amazon you get two pairs of underwear for $50 and they're Nike and they're some crazy whatever. And I was like, babe, I'm not buying you two pairs of underwear for $50. Like, I am sorry, but we can get seven pairs of underwear for $30 with a different brand. Like, and he's like, I don't care. How much would you be willing to pay? I'm like, I would give you 30 bucks. He's like, okay, then I will put $30 and then I'll take my own money and I'll buy the underwear I want. I'm like, perfect. Like I will get you the thing, but if you want to be bougie and extra on all that, like, you're going to have to work for it. Cause I'm not doing that. And my one son is very bougie. Okay. He's just, I don't know. He's just like a different breed of person, but he just like loves like the extra life and everything's about like, get rich quick. And, and I'm going to make all this money super fast. And So I told him, I said, if you want a PC, then you need to put together a business plan for me of how you're going to make money with this PC. How is this going to help you be more successful and not just be gaming in your room, in your cave away from the family? And so we talked about a business plan and a strategy and how he can make money and how he can do things. And he's like, okay, I figured it out. I'm going to do drop shipping. I'm going to get all my stuff on AliExpress. And it's going to be so simple. Look at this video. It's 10 minutes and it tells you how you're going to be a millionaire in a year. And I was like, okay, time out. (laughs) I'm like, why do you think more people aren't becoming millionaires at the age of 13? If they all have this 10 minute video that they can watch from this YouTube expert, who's this YouTube drop shipper? Why do you think more people aren't millionaires at the age of 13? And he's like, I don't know. I mean, do you think it's maybe a little bit harder to do than what the video is making it seem like it is? He's like, no, it seems really easy. And I was like, okay, well, I had a friend who spent a lot of money in learning how to drop ship. I'm going to set up a meeting for you and him to talk because he ended up failing and it didn't work after he spent tons of money. So you need to just hear from his side. I'm not trying to discourage you, but I want you to have real expectations and not think, I'm going to make a million dollars this year, drop shipping. I'm 13 years old. I got a PC and I figured it out. Now, of course, could he do that? 100%. And my son is going to do something incredible one day because he can just like figure out all of this technological stuff. And he just, it's so easy for him, but it's not going to happen fast. And if I learned anything over my teenage and into adult years and watching my dad, who's a huge visionary and believes like you could do literally anything that you want to do. Like no question to ask, whatever you want, you can do it as long as God says you can. And I saw him fall into the get rich quick schemes my whole life. Like we can do this and make a hundred grand. We can do this in Bitcoin. And I mean, it was all like buying gold and silver and all these investments and all the newest, hottest thing and stock trading and all of this, because everyone wants to just make money quick. And it was the industry I came from too in network marketing. It's like, you could join and make six figures in six months. Like, let's go, let's move. But I think it's so comforting to hear this scripture in Proverbs 13, 11, that wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. So the world is telling us get rich quick and do all these schemes and you can do this fast. But I say, take your time. Uh, When when I'm coaching a new client and we're coaching on branding, like I'm coaching someone right now who's starting brand new. They're like, I went through your course. I know who I want to talk to. And I, I know like some ideas of what I could offer, but I don't know anything more. So she hired me to coach her for six months. And I said, I'm going to coach you for six months. And in six months, you're going to be at a place where you are, you're good enough to do this on your own. Like you are equipped enough. You can do this on your own, but don't expect anything miraculous and huge to happen for a year. Now it will happen before a year, but just don't expect it to tell yourself that you're going to take the entire year to build up this brand, to get it going to figure out how you want to do it, take one year out of your life. One year isn't very long at all. I mean, we see it's almost February. It was just New Year's Eve. Like, it, you know, it goes so fast. So if you just tell yourself, like, I'm going to do this for one full year and I'm not going to tie money to it and I'm not going to need to do this. You know, when you're building your passion project, you're building this thing on the side. One of my biggest tips for whoever needs to hear this is don't, don't count on it to pay your bills while you're building it because it clouds everything. Like if I was writing this book because I had to pay my mortgage on my house and feed my kids, it would come from a very different place. It wouldn't be a place from passion and abundance and just free flowing energy. It would be a place from scarcity and fear and worry, and I need to get this done and more people need to read this and I need to get it published and we need to get it on Amazon and I need to get it in the bookstores and we need to make money. And you don't want to tie your passion to that. So it would be better if I needed money for me to go out and get a job or do something online. There's tons of work from home jobs. It would be better for me to earn my living a different way. And then use my extra free time or create extra free time to be able to work on my passion project. So don't try to merge those two together. And one of the very first questions I ask anyone I'm coaching is, do you need to make money? And if so, how much and how soon? Because I can help you do that, but we need to know because that's going to change everything. But so step-by-step-by-step, little-by-little, it's okay to grow little-by-little. It's okay. I know the world doesn't say it's okay, but it is. God says it's okay. The Bible says it's okay. And um, another quote from D.L. Moody says, work like it all depends on you and pray like it all depends on God. So that's why praying over your life and your business and your passion projects and your ideas and your vision, all of that stuff is so important. Because it does really all depend on God, but the work depends on you. And an example of this is when Moses was leading the Israelites out of the prom, um, out of Egypt and into the promised land. If you don't know that story, that's also in Genesis, but basically what happens is God speaks to Moses through a burning bush in the desert and says, you know, cause they didn't have the Holy spirit back then. So they couldn't just hear God in inside of them. We have the Holy spirit that's dwelling within us. We have a piece of Jesus living inside of us. So you can hear God. You can pray and hear the answer be downloaded into your minds, which is incredible. Before Jesus came and died and left his Holy spirit with us, there was no Holy spirit. So they had things happen that don't happen now and they would hear God's voice booming from the sky or out of a bush. Now, there was a bush that was consumed in fire but it wasn't burning up. And Moses was like, "What is this bush over here?" And when he went over there, he heard God tell him, "You've been chosen. You need to go into e- you need to go into e- Egypt and tell the Pharaoh, "Let my people go." and moses there are things in the bible that says that he wasn't the best speaker whether that means he had some sort of speech impediment a stutter he was nervous but he's like i can't do i can't do that like no way i can't even speak well and god said i'm going to send your cousin aaron with you and he's going to help you do this and so then eventually after all these plagues because the pharaoh wouldn't listen that god gave and rained down on egypt Finally, Pharaoh was like, leave, take all the people and leave. And so they started, they just started like leaving and going. And this is when Moses parted the Red Sea with his staff. Well, God parted it through him because he was escaping. And then Pharaoh changed his mind and was like, oh, okay, no, he's not taking my people. Because we're not talking about 20 people here that we're leaving, we're talking about millions of people. Some researchers say that there could have been 2 million people. Like, I just think that that's insane. 2 million people. You can't even talk to 2 million people. I mean, they didn't have microphones. They didn't have, you know, they didn't have cell phones that they could be like, okay, everyone download Telegram and we're going to talk on here. Like there, it was 2 million people. I don't even know what that looks like. I've never even seen 2 million people in real life in one spot. And you're like, Hey, okay. Hey guys, we're going to get out of slavery. Follow me. God said to go this way. Pharaoh changes his mind and goes after them with all his army and wants to kill them all. And that's when the Red Sea is parted and they escape through the bottom of the sea. And as the army goes through, God closes up the gap and just wipes away everyone and they escape. And Moses is like, we're going into the promised land. Follow me. Here we go. And the promised land was said to only be 250 miles from Egypt, which is, okay, I'm not underestimating that. That is a lot of miles to walk. Like for us, if I told you you had to walk 250 miles, it would seem unbelievable, but this wasn't very unbelievable back then. And there was no other way of transportation besides on a donkey or a horse or a camel. So. It's just the way of life. People would travel for Passover feast and they would walk 50, 60 miles just for dinner. Like, you know, like that's really crazy. So, 250 miles does seem like a lot, but it's really not a lot. It definitely wouldn't take 40 years to get there for 250 miles. Um, When I looked this up of how long it would take to walk 250 miles, it said it would take a couple of months. So, a couple of months. It took them 40 years and I was really blown away by this. Like it it took, it took so many years and God told Moses, I'm going to, I'm going to take you and the Egyptians into the pro or the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land the land flowing with milk and honey, where you're free, you're not a slave, you own the land, you can do whatever you want. I mean, these people came from being slaves to you're gonna have the freedom to do whatever you want. It only should have taken two months, it took 40 years. And so I just kept thinking in my head, like, how long will this take? How long will it take for me to write a book? How long will it take before I get on stage in front of 10,000 people? How long will it take for my podcast to be the top 10 listened to podcasts? How long will it take to, for you fill in the blank? How long will it take? Maybe you're trying to make a certain amount of money because when you get the certain amount of money, you get to move out of your bad living situation, or you'll finally be debt free, or you know, you want a certain level of success, or you want to create something because you want more people to be impacted by it. How long will it take to finally make it? And that time is 100% dependent on you. God says you could do it in two months. But if you're not trusting, and this is the reason why why it took them 40 years, because they were wandering around and around and around, there was this cloud above them and the cloud would move. And they knew that if the cloud was moving, that they had to move also, they had all of this faith in this cloud. And they were like, we're just going to follow this cloud. And as the cloud moves, we're going to move. And this is what we're going to do. And the cloud just kept like moving in a circle and just kept moving. And they're like, okay, we're following the cloud. We're following the cloud. And part of me wishes, like, I wish that there was just a cloud that appeared that was like this way, like, come over here and do this but I don't think I would do it. Like, honestly, like God has told me, write this book. It's going to be a best-selling book. And I want you to do this because there are a lot of people who need to know how to get out of the Valley. You're going to make a huge difference from this book, write the book. And I'm still like, God, what do you want me to do today? He's like, write the book. I'm like, no, what else do you want me to do? (laughs) Write the book. Like, It doesn't matter if there's a cloud or a voice inside my head saying, come this way, do this. A lot of times we just don't do it. So how long is it going to take you to get where you need to go? You know, uh, Moses made a lot of leadership mistakes. And we're not going to talk really about those. Um, But he did make a lot of leadership mistakes. And partially that's why it took 40 years is because he made some mistakes But another reason is because there was a lot of fear and anxiety and worry that was all mixed into this. People were worried. Is the promised land really there? Are we really going to be free? Is there really milk and honey flowing from the land? Is this really going to be ours? Are we going to be taken care of? Are we going to have places to live? You know, all of these questions and these what ifs, and because they didn't just have faith and believe in God and say like, well, if God said it, I'm going to do it, you know, and these were Christians too. These weren't atheist people or people who worshiped a different type of God. These were Christians. And there's a lot of times where people who are Christians, who call themselves Christians, are making this take a lot longer than it needs to, including myself, because we just don't believe what God has told us. And the reason why we don't believe what God has told us is because it's the opposite of what we've been told our whole entire life. I even find myself not speaking life into my son, but being a realist to him, where I'm like, babe, I mean, you're 13, you're not going to become a millionaire. And he's like, why? Why not? Why can't I be a millionaire at 13? And I'm like, you're right. You can like, I don't, I don't need to crush his dreams. I don't need to tell him he can't. The biggest part of it is believing that you can, if you believe that you can, then you can, if you believe you can, or you can't, you're right. You know, we've heard that a million times. So I want to ask you, how much are you willing to lose out on this year, this decade, this life? your next generations, how much are you willing to lose out on? And on the other side of that, how much are you wanting to experience this year, this decade, this life, and throughout your generations? Because it's all up to us. God says, this is what you were created for. Here's the path. Walk this way. And we just don't do it. We don't take the steps. We don't walk forward. We're not a part. Like, so he can't force this. It's free will. He has given us, he has given us free will. It's not love to force someone. He wants it to be free will. So you are completely in control of this. And if you are sick of missing out on experiences and losing out on so much, Freedom, joy, abundance, fulfillment, purpose, raising up your children the way they should go. Realizing that every single time that you do something, you're either throwing fire, which is just igniting it and it's just making it beautiful and bright and big and it's just exploding and you're adding fuel to the fire and the flame and it's growing and the passion is getting bigger or you're throwing dirt and dirt puts out fire. Every single thing you do, you're either throwing fire or you're throwing dirt. So for me, when I'm avoiding and I'm canceling, I'm throwing dirt on my fire. And then the next day when I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I start taking action then I'm throwing fire again. And then I let something get in my head and I get all fearful and worried or overthinking or, you know, struggling. And then I'm throwing dirt again. And then I'm throwing fire and then I'm throwing dirt and then I'm throwing fire and I'm throwing dirt. And I'm never really producing this massive fire in this massive flame because I keep putting it out. It's self-sabotage. I mean, that's literally the definition of self-sabotage. You are putting out your own flame. And if you want the blessings that are promised and you want to be richly supplied and you think, gosh, I want an angel to say, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand on the, on the seashore. Your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies and you shall be richly supplied. If you want that to be said to you, then you need to start being obedient. And, and maybe, you know, it's, it's just a baby step. A lot of people think like, okay, I got to, you know, finish doing this. It's a baby step. I talked to someone over the weekend who the devil just has her bound up, bound up her whole family and they are in severe isolation and he is just having his way with her and she is all alone. She's not really alone. She has people, but she has pulled herself away and she's isolated and alone and I was telling her, I said, you just have to take the next little step. Like I called her, I knew she was feeling like this. And the whole time the phone rang, I was praying, God, make her answer the phone. God, make her answer the phone, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. And she did. And I said, I am so glad you answered the phone. Cause I did not think you were going to answer. And she's like, girl, it took everything I had to answer the phone. And so when I was telling her about baby steps, I'm like, you just have to take a baby step. Like you answering the phone was a step that you're like, I'm, I'm not going to stay in isolation. I'm going to answer Taryn's call. I'm going to answer the phone and I'm going to hear what she has to say, or I'm going to show up to church. I'm going to do it. I've been not going to church for the last two months because I haven't been feeling it or I'm busy or I'm, whatever's going on. I'm going to go. It's the little tiny step of obedience that you're showing God and you're showing the devil because everything you do, you're showing God and you're showing the devil he can see everything you do. Now he can't hear your thoughts, but he can hear what you say out loud. So in my book that I'm writing right now in the chapter, we're talking about that. Like, don't be saying negative things out loud. Don't be saying, Oh, I'm a loser. I'm a sluggard. I'm, you know, all of these bad things about yourself, because then the devil is like, Oh, I didn't know Caitlin thought that. Okay, here we go. Like, and then he can use that against you. So you don't want to say those words because you don't want him to know, but you also want to take action. And there's a, a meme that went around that said, you should be the woman that when you get out of bed in the morning and your feet hit the floor, the devil should say, oh crap, she's awake. Like, oh, I wish she would just lay in bed all day and not do anything. Like, dang it. You want to show him like, I don't care that I'm depressed. I'm picking up the phone. I don't care that I'm riddled with anxiety and fear. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to listen to the podcast. I'm going to get on here and I'm going to show up. And I have some homework that I want to leave before we get off of here. So, and some just tangible things of what you should do, because I feel like a lot of times I listen to books and podcasts and stuff and they like pump you up and get you so excited. And then it's like, you can do this, just start working. And you're like, I've been trying, like, I don't know how to do that. I've been like, hello, I've been trying to do this for a year and I can't. So a couple of things that I would tell you to do as tips is, um, first of all, you need to be listening to these podcast episodes. And the reason why is because you need to wake up and set your mind on things above. You need to have someone in your circle saying, Hey, look over here. Don't look at that. Look over here. Do this. There's over a hundred episodes on the podcast that you can pick from, and they're designed to listen to in the morning so that you can set your mind on things that are important. Take a hold of your thoughts immediately when you wake up. Don't just let them start drifting and going like crazy. Start listening on your way to work when you're brushing your teeth, taking a shower, getting ready in the morning, dropping kids off. Whenever you can listen, you need to start doing that and listen consistently. Re-listen, pray, go through, look at the titles, look at the descriptions, read whatever one connects with your soul and, and start doing that. There are a ton of tangible things that you can do to help overcome the things that are holding you back. And all of this stuff is for free. So all of this, I offer for free hundreds of hours of coaching for free. I charge $500 an hour to coach. So this is very useful. Okay. Okay hundreds of hours for free of coaching. So you have to like do that. That is a huge resource and an amazing tool that is for free for you that you do not have to pay a cent to be able to have help. You also need to get connected to a church. You have to get connected to a church. And I don't have time to go into that right now. You have to get connected to a church. You need to be Circled around by a community of people that are physically in your circle. Yes, I can be in your circle. You can listen to me every day. You could feel like, oh, Taryn's one of my buddies. She helps encourage me and she's in my circle and lifting me up. But I am not physically with you. You need people that physically are with you and know you. And I don't just say attend a church, you need to attend the church on Sunday and you need to get connected. Go to like, if you have a welcome center or a connections team or, you know, someone like that, that you can go to in the church when you're there on Sunday and say, Hey, I want to get connected. What do I do? Join a Bible study. The best way to do it, get connected to people and do that. Okay, those are the two things that you need to do. You also need to remember that you cannot miss a day without God. So don't get too busy where you don't put God in your day, where you're not sitting down with your eyes closed and you're focused for at least 15 minutes praying to God before your day starts. Like if you don't have time and you're not doing anything, at least do that. At least do that. That will help you so much by just spending 15 minutes praying and talking to God, telling him what you need help with. And if you need to write things down first to keep your mind focused, then do that. Write down like, um, sometimes I'll write at the top of my paper what do I need God to do for me? And I'm like, I need him to bring me this and I need him to help me with my anxiety. And I need him to help me have patience and motivate me to work and make me want to do these things and help me to find someone to help me with my marketing stuff and help me to be creative when I do all my posts and help me to prioritize my time of what's important. And I, I, I pray for all of these things and it will be huge for you. Huge. Um, and This is the other, the last thing that I want you to do is I want you to make a list of all the things that you could do that will make you well, because the devil doesn't want you to be well at all. He wants you to be sick. He wants you to be fearful. He wants you to be worried. He wants you to be stressed out. He wants all of this to be happening to you, all of it. So you need to remember that you're not going to just sit there and be taken advantage of and pulled down by what the devil wants you to do. And you need to become well. So what I mean by this list that you can write down are what are the things that you could be doing that will make you feel better, that will put you in a better mindset, that will put you in a better mood. What are those things that you need to be doing? For me, um, those things look like praying in the morning, um, meditating and stretching, um, taking care of my body, eating healthy, drinking water, taking my supplements. All of those things are important for my mind and the way I feel. If you feel like crap, you're, you're going to feel like crap everywhere. It's, it's not just Oh, well, you know, I just feel so sick from all this food. I'm so motivated to get to work. No, you don't. If you are feeling sick from the food you eat or the lack of nutrition that you're getting, it's going to be really hard to do this. So that includes like eating healthy, drinking my greens, juicing. Uh, Now, this isn't a list of what you're going to do every single day because that would be overwhelming. And it's not about do everything on this list every single day. The goal should be to do as many things on this list as you can that day so that you stay in a right mindset. Talking to people, communicating with my husband is a huge thing for me to stay well. If I don't communicate with him and I start holding everything in, I get all up in my head and then him and I start to drift apart. And then I'm mad that we're drifting apart. And then I feel disconnected to him. And then I start to feel worried and stressed and it just spirals. So I know communicating to him is huge. And another thing is I need to keep talking to my mom. When I stop talking to my mom, I feel different. I need to make sure I'm not isolating. I'm going to church, I'm going to my Bible studies. I'm you know all of these things that you can do that can help you be well. You need to make a list of those. You need to make a list. And then I told you that there were three books that I was listening to recently and I want to tell you about the other two just the titles so if you want to write them down and you want to start listening to them you can. Um the one book that I am reading is called Eat That Frog. Sounds kind of weird. Okay. It's by Brian Tracy, Eat That Frog. And you might've heard that saying, like, just eat the frog, but Eat That Frog is such a good book. They're, they're, uh, he goes through 21 ways to stop procrastinating and to hone in and get done the things that you need to do. And reading this book is definitely contributed to me being halfway done with my book now because he talks about waking up and doing that first thing first that you're dreading that you don't want to do. That's going to move the needle the most. And it's amazing. 21 ways to stop procrastinating. So if you're someone who's procrastinating like crazy, get this book. Again, I got it on Audible. Eat that frog, Brian Tracy. The other book that I'm listening to right now is, um, has been super helpful for me, and it's been helpful for me in the area of figuring out how I best work, okay? Because there's lots of different ways to work, lots of different things that you can do, and a lot of times I just find myself thinking like, is this the best use of my time? Or I know like, okay, I totally wasted my time here. I totally wasted my day. And so the book is called At Your Best and it's by Carrie um, Newoff. And it's how to get time, energy, and priorities working in your favor based on your red, yellow, and green zones That everyone goes through every single day, your energy zones, when you're at the best and you're in your green zone, when you're at yellow, where you're in the middle. And then when you're in your red zone, when you're just exhausted, you can't focus, you can't really communicate. You can't really talk. And he helps you separate your tasks and put them like, these are the things that you should be doing when you're at your green zone. These are things that you can do in your yellow zone. And these are things that you can do in your red zone. One thing that I was doing is I was waking up first thing in the morning and I was working out. And when I wake up first thing in the morning, I'm in my green zone. I'm like ready. Like that's the time that I should be doing everything. And I was working out. I don't need to work out in my green zone. I can work out in my yellow or even my red zone to recharge me. So I was waking up and working out. And then by the time I was done working out and showering and getting ready, and then I would clean up my house and organize stuff. And then by the time I had to sit down to work, I'm like, I just want to take a nap. I just want to watch The Handmaid's Tale. Like, I just want to do something different. So this book really has helped me so much to figure out what do I need to do at what slots of my day so that I can really get the most done and be able to do this. So those three books that I mentioned, the first one was Breaking Busy by Allie Worthington. Those three books have been life-changing for me that I've read in the last month. And I highly recommend for you to listen to them too. But remember, you have to get into action. So it would be really, really good for you to spend some time writing down what your mission is, who you're reaching, what your vision is, where you're wanting to go, and what your strategy is going to be of how you're going to achieve it. And make sure you consult with your business partner, God, to make sure that he tells you what he thinks, because it's not about just what you think and the plans that you have. You want to make sure that you're following God's plans. So if you don't know your mission, vision, and strategy, start by praying. God, how do I know this? And if you're thinking about possibly taking my course, find your purpose at mentoringthemasses.com. I want you to pray about it first. And I want you to pray and see, God, is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Don't just be like all hyped up and excited. Like, okay, I'm just, I talked to Taryn and, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to do this course. I want you to be ready to do it. And I want you to feel like, yes, I need to find my purpose and I need to do this once and for all. And that is really where you need to be. The goal is to wake up with me through my podcast, download my free tools so that you can have help with that. When you're ready to find your purpose and the reason why you're here on this earth, go into the course, complete that. And when you're done with that, if you need help and you want me to be your coach, then you would go into my coaching program. So those are the steps. That's how this has been designed to work. You have to just get into action. Because like I said at the beginning, we need you. We need you. There are so many people that are broken, that are miserable, that are struggling, that feel all alone, that feel like no one else is going through what they're going through. They're overwhelmed. And you have something that you can offer them. Like, even if it's the smallest thing ever, like you're like, who cares about that? No one's going to care. I promise you, there are people that care. And I am connected to tons and tons and hundreds of broken women that are unfulfilled and feel alone. And I promise just by you showing up and saying you're not crazy and you're not alone, that in itself would build a brand for real. For reals, as my four-year-old says, for reals, mom. So for reals, it would. So it is time to to get into your stride. That is what it's time for. Stop just being overwhelmed and letting your day run you and be a busybody and being a Martha and being bit like it's time to slow down, connect with God and find out your strategy and move forward where you want to be. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being obedient and listening to this recording or getting on live. And I pray that you get into action. And if you are really, really, really struggling right now and you're like, I don't know how to get into action. I am so overwhelmed. Everything is closing in. Send me a message on Instagram and I would love to talk to you a little bit through Messenger and um, I can send you some voice messages of just some encouragement, some books I recommend, Bible stories to read, scriptures to look up that will really help you. So you're not alone. And God has a plan for you. Even if you think you're crazy and you think me, me, God wants something for me. I promise he does. He created you for something way bigger. And 2023 is the year to achieve it. It's going to be the year that you grow the most spiritually. You don't miss a day without God. You wake up, you learn, you apply, you get into action and you watch by the end of this year, you're going to be blown away at how much you've grown. You're going to be like, this is insane. I am like a... 100% different person than I was at the beginning of the year. Okay, Terry, yes, message me later today, I would love to hear. And if you ever want to get on live while we record, uh, you can find that link on the link in my bio on Instagram as well. Anyone can get on live if you want the accountability, you want to be able to chime in, you want to be able to talk in the comments, get to know me a little bit more. Uh, I would absolutely love that. You just submit your information and an email goes to you with the Zoom information and the days and times. So, okay, God bless you. I love you. I believe in you so much. You can do this. I know you were created for something far greater and I know that you're going to do it. So I love you. Thank you. Have a good day. Goodbye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Terrence Arconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the Valley, how to stay out of the Valley and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.